Hi, I'm Amy Schneider, and these are just cards. I said yesterday I was thinking about doing a spread about uh, the feeling of being stuck, uh, which is something that I think we're all familiar with in, in one area of our lives or another. Whether it's a, a project you've been meaning to complete, whether you have writer's block, if you're a struggling novelist. <laughs> You know, you should do your taxes, but you can't make yourself get around to it. All these sorts of things. And so the spread I I came up with uh, was, why do I think I'm stuck? Why am I stuck? And what can I do about it? So let's take a look. So why is it that we think we're stuck right now? What do we think it is that is holding us back from doing doing this thing that we want to do, whatever it might be, or just things in general? And there we have judgment. The the nearly the very last card in the Major Arcana, just before the world, which we're in this month. And you know we see an angel blowing a trumpet uh, with a bunch of uh, naked bodies rising out of their coffins uh, and lifting their arms up. And I've said before with with this card and with others in the tarot that uh, we have to decide which of the figures on the card that we are. Are we the judging angel, or are we being judged? And I think there's a a sort of straightforward interpretation, which I agree with, that is that we are the judged here. And that what's holding us back in, in starting what we need to do is our fear of judgment, uh, our fear of wasting our time and being judged for wasting our time. Um, I think there's a, a Christian tradition that's like, you know, what are, what are you doing? You're going to have to account for every moment of your life when you meet your maker, um, which can make it everything pretty high stakes and make it hard to do stuff. Uh, but also the fear that even if it is the right thing to be doing, that we're going to fail at it. But it's important, I think, in this case, to see ourselves in the angel as well, because where is this judgment coming from? And I, I really don't think that what what's holding us back is is our fear of the judgment of others. Um, you know, that can be a thing at times, but I think what's what's having us stuck is just our feeling of, of being afraid of disappointing ourselves, uh, which of course then turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy because it just gives you something else to beat yourself up about and the cycle continues. Uh, but I think what we think is going on is that we're not good enough to do the thing we want to do and that we don't deserve to. And we're the ones making that assessment. We're so silly. <laughs> So what's actually holding us back? Um, and this is not to imply that what we think of is holding us back is a complete fabrication. Like we've we've identified something there. But what's really holding us back? We see the five of cups reversed. And it's interesting. This cup has kind of a similar vibe to the I think it was the six of swords with the boat that that we saw yesterday. Because we see a, a person on a black robe, head bowed, uh, with two standing cups behind them and three spilled cups in front of them. And there's the same air of mourning in this card as there was in the Six of Swords. But of course, there's a lot of differences too. First of all, obviously, it's a different suit. Swords are air and cups are water. 
and cups our emotion and feeling. Um, beyond that, there's a ton of symbolism that's just inherent to this card that that's really worth seeing. First of all, of course, is the idea that this person appears to be sad about these three spilled cups, but ignoring the two cups that haven't spilled behind them. And even more importantly, the person is facing towards a river. These cups can be easily refilled. And yet the person is still sad and in mourning. Uh, and I think this is interesting to think about in terms of the, the mourning we were talking about the other day and the necessity of it. And, and that while that is true, uh, I think one thing that that may do is kind of over-intellectualize the process of mourning. Um, you know, this is, this is a feeling that we're talking about after all, and, and so cups are the better way to be approaching it. And also to see just how that unlike the Six of Swords, uh, the reasons for hope are all around this person, as I say, in the standing cups behind and in the river ahead. Uh, whereas there wasn't any particular reason to hope given in the Six of Swords. Uh, and so I think this card does represent mourning, uh, but it also shows that mourning is temporary and that there's things to do to replenish the losses that we sustain and that when we focus on the loss, there's still good things that are waiting for us to notice them. Uh, and it's reversed. I think that, you know, I think maybe what's happening with me is, is not just sort of failing to mourn those losses, but also failing to see that there's a time when I'll be done mourning them and they won't weigh on me anymore. Um, you know, I am where I am now, but I should look at it more closely and, and replenish. That's sort of what I'm thinking. But let's actually, <laughs> let's actually check in the third position what the tarot thinks that I should be doing um, to, to deal with this block, this obstacle. And there we see the Seven of Pentacles. Uh, the seven shows somebody resting on their, uh, I don't know, shovel, I think. Although, as so often, they take the opportunity to make it look just like a wand, really. <laughs> so, pentacles are, are earth and money um, and food and physical comfort, health, all these things of the earth, all these things of the body. Uh, so, you know, we see this plant growing with uh, defiance of biological principles, uh, these, these pentacles, these coins growing all over it. Uh, and it sort of leads some question, like, is this, is this like, is this guy growing a money bush? Uh, followed by, where can I get a money bush? And so on. Uh, this doesn't, this guy doesn't look as excited as he would be if he had a money bush. And so the, the pentacles here are just you know, again, representing the earth and representing the things that grow out of the earth. You know, we talked about how plants unite the elements. Uh, and here we're seeing a plant that's very much of the earth and, and somebody at, at peace with it. I think this is, represents a few things. One is just sort of 
the reward that comes to you after hard work, you know, like life being what it is, you often have to put a lot of work in and get the reward later. And this, this partly symbolizes that, uh, which is again, related to the, the obstacles we can see how having that trust of reward later and that this is going to be worth it is going to be a very helpful way of dealing with, with this block. Uh, but I think the other thing it, it, it brings us to is is refocusing. Um, and we already saw this yesterday about maybe maybe get out of the major arcana for a second and, and let's let's stay grounded. Well, and here's some earth to stay grounded in. Uh, you know, it's the, the famous line at the end of Candide that's something like, we should all go home and tend our own gardens. And, and I think that's what the tarot is telling us to do, is, is to tend our own gardens, keep our focus inward, or not inward, because we're out trying to act in the world, but be very much aware of what part of the world is yours. You know, a problem with mass communication uh, is that it really makes us lose touch with where we actually are and what the actual scope of our lives is, because we're on what seem to be such familiar terms with politicians and presidents and kings and queens and princes and movie stars, and rock stars, all these things. But, you know, we're not. There's very few of those people. Most of us have to deal with life in our, in our own small worlds, and those worlds don't show up on the news so much. We don't read about them so much on the internet. When we're bringing our magic out into the world, we are not bringing it to the whole world. Maybe we're trying to, and, you know, with mass communication, it's possible in a certain sense to do so. In a sense, I'm bringing this podcast to the entire world. But we all have very limited power. And when we seek to act in the world, we shouldn't be trying to find ways to act that are above the level of power we actually have, and we shouldn't be holding ourselves to those standards. You know, I think maybe that's where some of this judgment we're feeling is coming from. So I think the thing to do is, is as we learned yesterday, is to, to mourn our losses, whatever they may be. And it would help to do that if we recognize that these losses are temporary in a sense, or at least this feeling we have about them is temporary. And then do something small. Do something achievable. If you're in a family, maybe maybe surprise somebody by doing a, a household chore that wasn't necessarily your turn to do. There, you've made change in the world. You've tended your garden. Maybe tend an actual garden. Maybe just reach out to some friends you've kind of lost touch with. It can be uncomfortable for some of us, but it's something they always appreciate. There's all these ways that we can do magic in the world without it being in the world. So, figure out what the boundaries of your garden are. And grab your shovel and get to work. These are just cards. 